live from Studio 6B on a Friday night, January 5th. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Last bastion of freedom. My Bitcoin shirt on tonight. Slickster's got his... Was that March or May? Or maybe that's June. That was May. May. Thank you very much. Yep. See, there you go. Big D with the memory yeah. kicking in. And I'm right. not even taking Alpha Brain. There you go. Slick Rick. Doing sports, how are you? I'm doing good, Big D, on a Friday night. Yeah, it'll be a big fun night. We got President Trump, who was yeah. uh, has already um, spoken once out in Iowa around 5:30. He came on, spoke for good man, seemed like a long time, but I think it was about an hour and a half, and uh, spoke into the seven o'clock hour. And now he's moving to location number two for the Commit to Caucus event. Um, <clears throat> The room he was in for event one looked like it was about 400 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it literally looked like he was melting. Turning up the heat. And I've seen a, I've seen a shot of room number two. It looks a little bigger. Looks like a pretty decent crowd. And, well, it's always a decent crowd, but it looks like a good crowd. It looks like a big room. And the president's on his way there. And we don't, we're not sure what time he's going to come on, but it doesn't matter. We're, every time he comes on, we're going to be here. And we'll, me and Slick will talk to you. And Delgado will be here in a little bit. Yep. Uh, we'll take you right up to his comments live, and we'll take you all the way through. And, um, you know, the president's got some things to talk about if he wants to, obviously, today. Some very interesting things that have happened. The Supreme Court today ruled that they're going to decide on this case and decide swiftly. And as we said, forgot who it was. Um, I think it was yesterday I had an article. I never got to it, but... They said for this to really be put to bed, it needs to be nine nothing on this presidential ballot. Supreme Court's going to hear. But what's very interesting tonight, and this is kind of breaking, is that the Secretary of State in Colorado tonight tweeted Jenna Griswold, Colorado's 2024 presidential primary ballot is certified. The United States Supreme Court has accepted the case. And Donald Trump will appear on the ballot as a result. So um, <laughs> that's seemingly a, the Secretary of State kind of um, getting ahead of themselves and saying, "Well, <laughs> don't, don't don't look, don't worry about what they did over here. They were just <laughs> kidding." Though our friends over there at the court, at the state, the state's highest court, they were just fooling around. No, we weren't. We're, we were just kidding. Of course, he's going to be on the ballot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We weren't serious. What'd you think? So that's from Jenna Griswold tonight. Colorado's 2024 presidential primary ballot is certified. The United States Supreme Court has accepted the case and Donald Trump will appear on the ballot as a result. So um, Jonathan Turley says the granting of the cert in the Colorado case places the matter on a short calendar for argument on February 8th for the Supreme Court, that is a NASCAR pace. Notably, the main Superior Court only has until January 17th to rule on that disqualification. It can then go to the main Supreme Court and eventually to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, I think I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to, for lack of a better term, smack down here yeah. on... Um, on jurisdiction and many other things in this case. Uh, and I think the tweet tonight by the Colorado Secretary of State is um, almost a acknowledgement of how outrageous what happened out there is. 
knowing that this is, I think, coming. Now, again, we've argued whether it'll be 9 nothing or not. Probably not. No. Because no, why would it be? be? Well, a couple that are going to, you know, slide yeah. the other way. So, so the president, I'm sure, will talk about that tonight. Um, I'm sure he'll talk about the fact that the Supreme Court is going to hear the case as well. February 8th, our oral arguments are set for February 8th. Uh, but the president should also be talking about the jobs report that came out this morning if he wants to. Because the jobs report, and I don't care what Biden says, and we'll get to him here in a second and in, in, in that display that he put on today. But uh, the jobs report, as I think Zero Hedge put it, the unmitigated disaster underlying the jobs report today. And Biden was out there this morning talking about how great the jobs report is. And of course, he's illiterate when it comes to any numbers. When it comes to the deficit, he tells us he's cut it. When it comes to the debt, he tells us he's cut it in half. I mean, it's just, he's illiterate when it comes to any of this stuff. But um, the jobs report, there's many underlying things in that jobs report that say, that scream uh, that there could be bumpy roads ahead for this economy. Will it be depression? I'm not sure. But... um, I wouldn't judge the economy by what the stock market is doing, although the stock market has had a pretty rough start to 2024 as well. And people still have a pretty rosy outlook for the um, stock market. But at $34 trillion in debt, one of the things I think we need to really spend some more time on in 2024 is really talking about the financial situation that, we're, that, that people my age and older are going to be in with 401ks and IRAs and the money that most people have accumulated, you know, growing up, and I'm sure you in the same boat, Slick, you know, yep. 401ks and 403bs and IRAs and these things were the vehicles <coughs> that people, <coughs> excuse me, I can't shake this cold, um, yeah. where you saved and tried to build wealth. Sure. And that's just the way it was. You know, you had a company that would match, you know, a 4% match or whatever it was. Exactly. That's kind of what you did. Well, you know, with the 401k, the, 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 your government, you know, you have a partner. You know, people say, oh, I got a, you know, I got a couple hundred, I got a million dollars in my 401k. And, I, and they say, well, that's, that's nice. How much of it is yours? And they say, well, what do you mean? It's, it's all mine. Well, no, 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 it's not all. No, it's not. You have a partner and the government's your partner. Yep. And by the way, they're the general partner. You're the limited partner because you don't know what the tax rates are going to be when you go to take that money out. And I think that it should be a big part of the discussions in the 24, because if the Democrats win uh, with $34 trillion in debt, $2 trillion in deficits running every year, there is no way on God's green earth to raise the kind of revenue that they, want, they are going to want to raise to spend the way they are going to want to continue to spend without taxes going back to, like, post-World War I taxes, where the nominal tax rate was 80%. You don't think Bernie Sanders wants that tax rate back there now? You don't think Elizabeth Warren wants that tax rate back there now? You don't think there's other people in the government that want to? So if you're sitting at 50 years old, 60 years old, and you're, you're quickly coming up to that red zone of retirement, as we call it, and you've got a million bucks in your 401k, and you're thinking, well, that's my, you know, that's my, you know, you put off paying taxes on it. You deferred the taxes on it to put it in there. And now you're going to get 
whacked with it coming out and you're thinking you're going to take it out at today's rate of, you know, 28%. No, you're going to take it out at 80% if it's up to some of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know you're what You're going to take it out at 80%. God. So what do you do? Not retire. <laughs> the Trump tax cuts, I think, are up in uh, 2026 or 2025. So you have a very limited window to decide what you're going to do. And when you go to the polls to vote this year, you know, they say that people vote their pocketbook. Well, the, vote your retirement as well, because yeah. uh, if the Democrats are in charge and God forbid have any kind of control as far as the two, uh, you know, the House or the Senate, your taxes are going to 80 percent. So your 401 money K is 80 percent of it's going to the government when you try to if and when you try to take it out. Because they're, they're the general partner. And this jobs report today, you look at unemployment, you look at, you look at some of the underlying numbers, and man, we, we, we could be heading for, I said this a year ago, you met, when, maybe even longer than that, you, mat, you, mat, Mitch, you, max, um, you match bad tax policy from Biden along with stagflation and, and, and underlying play, pro, problems like that. I mean, that, that's what makes you head towards depression. And I don't know that we're there yet, but man, it's, it's, this jobs report today was not good. Not good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of issues going on. So, um, Mr. Delgado, how are you? I'm, I'm fairly depressed now. Um, <laughs> don't take much getting on this set, but you know what? Um, well, when we've you talked about it before, right? When you Roth conversion, yeah. your, your, uh, IRA or your 401k out and you pay the, pay the 28% tax now. And then in five years from now, when taxes are 80%, you'll, you won't be depressed. You'll be happy that you did, or yeah. at least you thought about it. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you've got to find different vehicles because, like you said, the 401k thing, if you're deferring that, the, the only people that are going to do well are not you, <laughs> basically. The government's going to take most of it. Um, and, and that's just a sad reality, unfortunately. What, what was it today? They, they said it's uh, we're now at a, a, a trillion dollars interest. Is, is that what I read? We're, we're quickly or quickly approaching. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's, got, I'm in sure it's trillion dollar in interest. In yeah. Interest on payments. the debt. Yes, on the interest. Yeah, that's just that's just. Oh, that is just horrendous when you think about the the dopes that continue to make policy that seem to have no no financial education whatsoever. You know, I, I, again, it takes me back to that that stupid movie, Dave. Where 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 Dave brings in his uh, his uh, Charles Grodin the uh, the the accountant to uh, kind of fix the books a little bit so they can keep a program and he just wipes away all this waste and, and he's looking at this stuff going these people are how, why do you spend the money on this stuff but it, it's that's what they do because they all want to go home to their little districts oh look what I got for us we got another blah 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 oh we're gonna pay for for studying the uh the mating habits of the wombat in India oh that's a great idea why would we do that doesn't matter because somebody's getting rich off it and it ain't you yeah um there's many things that are concerning out of this jobs report this morning I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it you can go read it for yourself there's plenty of stuff out there now one question to you real quick uh do we know anything about that Supreme Court uh case yet uh with the the that couple that invested in a company in India has that 
is that coming out soon? Was that the um, was that the tax the yes. um, capital gains before you actually realized right. them? Case uh, yeah. to be honest, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was reading an article on it the other day, just because. Uh, and and again, it's from a lefty uh, MSN, and I'm wa- I'm reading some of these these comments from these people, and they just don't understand it. They're like, "Well, the people made money. They didn't cash out yet, so they haven't made a cent." The the article says they rolled it back in. They they purposely reinvested. Didn't matter. These people are like, "Oh no, that makes sense. If, you know, if you make money, you have to uh, you have to pay your taxes on it." It's it's dumbfounding how many stupid people there are out there that don't realize that they're voting for fleecing themselves. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> well, you weren't here at the top of the show. We did talk about the fact that the Supreme Court has decided yeah. to take the um, <clears throat> the Trump on the ballot case. Oh, good. And they're going to hear that oral arguments are set for February 8th. Also, you missed the fact that the Secretary of State in Colorado tweeted tonight that even before we get to the Supreme Court, she has certified the um, 2024 presidential primary ballot, and uh, Donald Trump will be on the ballot as a result of her doing that. Right. So, Did you talk about the aliens? No, we have not talked about the alien walking oh. around in Miami yet. Yes. We'll get to that. Okay. All right, live from Studio 6B, of course, the highlight of the night, President Donald Trump in Iowa, speech number two tonight. Coming up. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. President Trump, live down in Iowa, commit to caucus event number two for him tonight. Coming up, we're going to um, we're going to get Kalen Dorn on. He's on the scene there in uh, in Iowa, so we'll, we'll, he'll be coming up here in a little bit. Talk to him about the scene, setting the scene, what he expects to hear from the president, what we heard from him in speech one, some of what's going on in the news today. Um. And we'll get to, uh, I want to get to Biden's speech today because, um, as uh, well as maniacal and um, deranged and many other descriptive words I could put to it, I found it interesting. Um, it, 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 the thing I took away from it the most is that it reeked, reeks of desperation reeks of desperation the desperation that they know is coming the desperation that they know is growing and um he made a conscience they made a conscious effort i mean he just goes out there and tries to tries to read the words that they put on the 100 foot <laughs> teleprompter but the, obviously the his the people behind him the 100 obama people behind him made a conscious effort today to decide to start campaigning against donald trump and not campaign, not campaign against him by trying to um, talk about the, his vision for the future versus Biden's vision for the future. Not 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 Trump's economy versus Biden's economy. Not Biden's uh, any accomplishments for you, the people. Not uh, what Biden sees coming up. Not what Biden uh, thinks he can do. Not. Uh, any issues, not the border, not inflation, not taxes, not, uh, well, no, none of that actually was discussion. He made it a point to come out and um, start flannel around words like Nazi and Hitler and Trump and J6 and J6 and J6 and J6 
and democracy, democracy, democracy. And Joe Biden is now here to defend democracy, we're told. As he has spent his career, and specifically the last three years, uh, destroying democracy, going after democracy, destroying it single-handedly. Now he's the savior of America, we're told today. In just, just an absolute maniacal speech, a desperate speech, uh, from a desperate person who knows how desperate the numbers are, polling barely above single digits and has nothing to talk about other than lying. I mean, just outrageous lying about January 6th. So I, I want to get to that speech. We'll get to news and sports. But let's go out to Iowa. Kaylin Dorn is on the scene for Real America's Voice. President Trump already uh, one event down on his way to the second event First event looked like it was about 400 degrees in there. I'm hoping it's not 400 <laughs> degrees in the second event. Kalen will let us know. Let's uh, bring him on. Kalen, how are you? I'm good, brother. I, I'm pleased to announce it is not 400 degrees here. <laughs> However, it is like 10 degrees outdoors. So, yeah. uh, But I, I got to level with you. It is packed in here, man. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, 45's ground game is strong, man. It's, cra- it's out of control. It's like a party in here. Uh, well, that's good to hear. It looks it. Uh, he was fired up in his first speech, went for a while, talked about a lot of things. Uh, I don't know if he's going to change it up when he comes over there for speech number two. There's certainly, I, I argued there's a lot for him. I mean, he always kind of hits some of those same similar topics and kind of, you know, goes back through history. But uh, there's a lot of things he could talk about today as far as what happened in Colorado today with the Secretary of State uh, tweet today and the Supreme Court taking up the case, the jobs report this morning. Uh, what's your sense on the ground? I know you've been interviewing people, talking to people. Uh, what's your sense on the ground? The things that are, are matter, things that matter to people right now as you're 10, 11 days out from the caucus. And what do you expect to hear from the president tonight? Well, I think people here, uh, you know, we spent some time asking everyone in line if they'd ever met a Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley supporter in real life. And uh, we came up empty handed. So that, that seems to be not of a concern of anyone here on the ground. Uh, people are really concerned about this rhetoric coming from President Joe Biden uh, at the moment. And I think that's going to be a big focus of what President Trump speaks about later tonight. Uh, he's going to talk about how Joe Biden has basically uh, seated any issue level debate going into this election and is basically going to uh, demean uh, and demonize uh, millions of Americans who support Donald Trump uh, going into this election simply because I believe, and I'd love to hear y'all's take on this, uh, this is his way of justifying some unprecedented measure or violence even against conservatives uh, headed into the election. I'd, I'd love to get y'all's take on that uh, because it's something that's definitely a concern. We've talked to a few people here today who brought it up. I mean, it was maniacal, the speech today. Deranged, angry, desperate. It was, uh, I mean, it's, it sounded like it could have been lifted out of the speechwriters. Oh, I don't want to even give them that much credit, but the people who write for Nicole Wallace and, and, and uh, stupid uh, Joe Scarborough in the morning. I mean, it sounds like it was written by yeah, someone they, who they would wish. have, yeah, someone who would have done, a, uh, you know, the, one of their morning rants. I mean, it was just so over the top, but in a way. For me, it was such a it was it just reeked of such desperation that he can't talk about any issues. He just he comes out in his first speech for re-election and he just focuses on Donald Trump specifically, J6 specifically. He just lies over the top. No talk about border. No talk about inflation. No talk about economy. No talk about the people. No talk about anything of any value that matters to the American voter. Just Hitler, 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 Nazi, 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 the same, same, I'm here to save democracy. I mean, really, just maniacal stuff from him today. 
Well, you know, you can't portray yourself to be Captain America. I think that's how Joe Biden thinks he is, but he, he can't walk up and down stairs, man. Uh, that, that's not how this works. And what, what really truly terrifies me is not the lying or the, the inflammatory rhetoric. It's what he's going to have to do in order to justify uh, continuing to run in this race. I think, like, we look at, you know, August, June, July of next year, of this year, sorry, or 2024, um, he's going to do some truly irreparable harm to our economy, trying to artificially boost, uh, you know, his numbers and actually give himself an argument. Because you're right, he has nothing. There are no issues. There's nothing but empty rhetoric. And the guy is asleep at the wheel. We've got a cadaver in chief, and our nation deserves infinitely better than this. Uh, and I think everyone here believes the same way. They're turning up in droves here, and it's, like, freezing cold. So uh, this is what real America looks like, and we're happy to be here. Um, you know, the guys on the show here have been firmly in the camp. I have not been, but I'm usually the sap of the group anyway, so it's not <laughs> a surprise. The guys here have been in the firm camp that Biden is not going to be uh, the nominee, and and if it happens, it's going to happen at the um, it's going to happen at the convention and the delegates, yes. super delegates. That yep. deal is that's where we're going we're going to throw pops under the um, under the proverbial bus and then roll out. I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know. It seems like the left wants to roll out Nikki Haley right now, but I'm not, but uh, <laughs> but maybe um, I don't know Gavin Newsom <laughs> or Michelle Obama or somebody. I don't know. So what, what's your feeling on all that? Does that sound like a plausible uh, plan to you? I mean, yeah, but what, what, I, what I would say in response to that is I think us losing some of these elections, you know, a few months ago may have been the greatest gift to the Republican Party in that I think some on the left think they can still get away with running Joe Biden, right? There's an argument there for those people who want to keep him in office uh, because he's the most easily manipulated guy, and it's that they didn't lose anything in those midterms. You know, they still held on to Kentucky. Uh, they won a couple of ballot measures in places like Ohio. I feel like the, they think their formula is uh, running on abortion issues uh, and, and maintaining his, his presence in the basement and maybe doing a few, you know, some tinkering with the economy in a few months. Um, I think they can get away with keeping him, uh, but it's a boon for us as, as members of the Republican Party. I think we might have caught them on their, back, on their heels here. Uh, I think you could be right about that. I think they still think the numbers thing and the fact that they think this Trump is so toxic that they think the numbers thing will just play itself out with just that yeah. alone. I think you could be right about that. Um, let's hit the, We're going to hit a break here. Do you mind hanging around? We'll come back. We've got some more questions for you. The guys here have some questions as well. Uh, Kaylin Dorn right there in Iowa, written ready for President Trump. Speech number two. We'll bring it to you live, every word of it. We'll bring Kaylin back. we got more to talk about. Live from Studio 6B right after this. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. <laughs> Getting ready for President Trump. Commit to caucus event number two for him tonight. It's going to speak. Uh, we expect the president possibly around, you know, it's supposed to be 8.30, but I think he's a little delayed getting out of his first speech, so maybe around 9 o'clock, 8.45, 9 o'clock. But we'll be here right up and through the president's speech. Kaylin Dorn from uh, Real America's Voice is on the ground. He joined us in the last segment. We'll bring him back. He's been nice enough to hang through the commercial break and come back. Um, Caitlin, let me ask you, if you, is he, uh, is Caitlin still there? He goes, uh, Caitlin, let me ask you this. The other thing, and then the guy's got some questions here too. 
So Trump's talking about trying to expand the base going into New York, going into New Jersey, going into Minnesota, places that you would think the iron fist of the Democrat wielding one party state power is uh, something to not be reckoned with and it will never really change. I asked MTG about it last night. She was a fan of trying to do it as well. What's your feeling on, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, the places that obviously really we're going to need to lock up. I guess they'll, they feel like the RNC is going to have enough resources, though they're going to have enough resources to also be able to go into New York, New Jersey, and Minnesota. Give, give me your thoughts on, on this kind of a play. So what I'll say is tactically, I think what you're going to see is uh, Biden's going to have no choice but to leave his basement and therefore uh, commit time after time awful egregious errors. Uh, he's going to fall down. There's going to be a lot of opportunity because last time at 2020, remember, he ran the entire time from his basement. Uh, the guy didn't leave his house uh, and he continued to do that from the White House. They built an elaborate studio. So uh, the name of the game is getting him out there, getting Biden actually campaigning and therefore allowing you know the, the GOP, President Trump, to go out there and make some gains. Uh, and, and you see this, you know, Trump is going to continue to go after him uh, time after time on the issues, and that's going to force him out. Uh, and so then you're looking at, okay, uh, there's these people, like the people here today. We talked to former Congressman Rob Blum a minute ago, and he's like, look, I've been touring the state doing campaigning for years. I've never seen any of these people. These are Trump people. We're appealing to this through line in American society at the moment, people that want money, you know, they want the freedom to live their version of the American dream. Uh, they want more money in their pockets. They want tangible quality of life improvements. And those are things that Biden failed to do. I think those tactfully, or tactically, sorry, give him a lot of tools to go out there and make up ground in those areas without necessarily even expending crazy resources. Is that, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it makes total, makes absolute total sense. I mean, I would like to see Biden one more time kind of walk down the steps into some grass where they've kind of painted circles for yeah. the people to sit in. I mean, I, I have to say that one, I I'm, I'm, I hope he gets out of the house for at least that. So uh, Rick Delgado's got a question for you. Yeah. Hey, Kalen, let me ask you, because you did mention uh, something right there about um, dragging him out, right? Getting him out, getting Biden out of the basement, which I think is a great tactic um, because, you know, back in 2020, because you were involved back then, um, the, the, the roles were reversed. Trump was the he was the incumbent. He is in the chair, basically. Right. And he's taking taking incoming from all sides. Now it's reversed. Now, instead of instead of Biden sitting there, you know, saying, oh, this policy is bad, your policies, because he had no policies that could really be attacked. Now his policies are on the table. And now people can go, oh, look at the difference here, right? It, it, do you think that's that's the ultimate goal is to to really strike up that contrast? Yeah, and, and another thing that we're, we're overlooking completely kind of broadly as, as people who comment on this is that uh, I, I think the left is bitten off way more than they can chew at this point in regards to social media and censorship. And they thought for so long, they thought so little of people like you and I that they were getting away with it uh, in broad daylight. And the technology has now completely and totally exposed them as frauds, as corrupt politicians who are doing anything and everything in their own best interest. Uh, and I think that is, is also going to drive that contrast home. I mean, you could not have two more diametrically opposed candidates. Now, the one thing I'll say is that, and we saw this in 2020, right? You were fighting over a very small, finite number of undecided voters. Right. Uh, and they were not being you know, moved one way or the other by anything that was going on. 
And so it'll be really interesting to see. I think that's the strategy. Once Biden's out and he's bubbling, mumbling, fumbling, you're going to free up more of those undecideds from last cycle. Uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, President Trump will, will take him over. Right. Now, now, what about the you mentioned the technology, too, because I've, I've heard things that uh, the, the Biden administration is very leery of A.I. They don't like it. They, they, they want to try to control it. Do you see that as something that could come back to uh, haunt them as well? Because let's face it, once AI is out there and it starts, you know, kind of thinking for itself and people ask certain questions, um, they're not going to the, the media and the liberals and the Democrats won't be able to lie about it. Yeah, well, I, I've got two responses to that. I think one, they should be scared because the right uh, is inherently more adept at using these tools uh, for the right purposes. Right. We always say the left can't meme. Right. Uh, this is just another. This is like adding the right, giving them a bazooka uh, and pointing it right in his face. I mean, it's it's undeniable that the right will use this in the right ways to make an impact in the election. But I find it rich that they would be so opposed to this, given that you know seemingly radical leftists are the ones that created this technology. And the original sin of social media, right, was that people like you and I, the conservative movement. Thought, oh, there's no way. Like we, we know that there's liberals making these tools. There's no way they'll use them against us. How could that possibly be? They'd have to be evil to do that, right? Right. And, and look where we, look where that's gotten us. So it's rich to me that they would think or say that out loud, given that uh, their homies are the ones you know out there weaponizing and creating these tools. It's out of control. Uh, Kayla, let me ask you one more now. I'll let you go here as you get ready for the president's arrival over there. And, and let's get away from Biden and Trump here for one second. I talked to MG, MTG last night, and I said to her, you know, we have a budget deadline looming January 19th here once again for the Republicans in the House to wield the the power that they the little power that they hold on the border and the budget. And can they leverage the budget to say, we want catch and release defunded. We want states and governors empowered to be able to deport, arrest, to protect their states. Is the Republican Party ready to have this debate and, if necessary, take this to a government shutdown? And she had zero confidence in the Republican Party that they could even begin to have a fight over this. Uh, give me your thoughts on where we are with this budget deadline looming in January and what looks like no movement in the Republican Party to leverage that to try to defund catch and release and get something for the funding of the government here at the border. Well, there's a saying in Washington, D.C., uh, and amongst the political class, and that is that the, uh, the swamp always wins. The swamp's undefeated. And unfortunately, I'd have to agree with uh, with a congresswoman. If only that, they've never done anything to to prove us other you know otherwise. They've never done anything to to put the Americans' best interests at heart, to to actually stand up for our borders. Uh, and this has been one of the most useless sessions of Congress I think we have ever seen in American history. Uh, it, it would be absolutely a 180 degree turn. For them to suddenly wake up and decide that they want to do something tangible to help people out so i'm kind of with her uh, i'm much of a i'm kind of a cynic myself so you're, you're kind of asking the wrong guy uh, if you're looking for uh, you know a silver lining uh, but, but what i'll say is i think that all this inaction it's like a rubber band effect uh, i think it bodes well for someone like a president trump to come in here uh, and really kick some butt and take some names 
All right, we'll hear from the president tonight, Kaylin Dorr from uh, Real America's Voice, on the site there, Commit to Caucus event. Kaylin, thanks so much for your time. Great stuff. And uh, enjoy the president tonight. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. Have a good night. All right, very good. Uh, live from Studio 6B, Kaylin Dorr out there in uh, Iowa. And um, let's do some sports before the president takes the stage. I think we're still expecting him around 9 o'clock or so. So maybe the warm-up acts are getting close. I heard the people cheering there. Uh, Slick, let's do a little sports before we uh, get ready for the president. What's going on? Sure, big deal. Let's get right to the scoreboard. Good one tonight in NCAA men's basketball. Number four, UConn just gets by Butler. 88-81 final. And Illinois-Purdue tip is at uh, about 8.30 in a few minutes. We're going to have that one come up. NHL action just a few games Blackhawks and Devils tied at one with five to go in the second in Jersey and the Hurricanes down in DC taking on the Capitals and Capitals lead that one two to one two to go in the second Jets and Ducks coming up out in Anaheim at 10 p.m. NBA action couple of games good one Knicks blowing out the sixes in the garden that would be the sixes without the great Joel Embiid MVP averaging 35 points a game but I'm not that I'm taking it personally 71 52 53 seconds to go (laughs) In the first half, we'll see what happens there for sure. Paces blowing out the Hawks, 107-71, three to go in the third there. And Hornets and Bulls, 25, tied at 25 in Chicago, 10 to go in the second. A couple of quick stories. Well, I'm I'm sure you guys heard about this uh, Mark Cuban lately talking about his uh, DEI and Elon Musk shreds virtual signaling a Mavs owner, Mark Cuban, on DEI policies. His hypocrisy convinces no one. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart, Tesla entrepreneur and ex-chief Elon Musk blasted Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban and accused the NBA owner of hypocrisy for supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. Cuban went on an extended defense of DEI policies in a lengthy discussion on X this week where he met such much resistance from the race-based policies detractors. Indeed, even Ohio's uh, Republican Senator J.D. Vance slammed the NBA owner over his absurd defense of the policies. During Cuban's tirade in support of DEI, Elon Musk also went on the attack against Cuban's left-wing contentions. At one point during Cuban X's uh, post-support uh, of DEI, Musk joked, Mark Cuban is desperately trying to signal his virtue, but his hypocrisy convinces no one. Musk was replying to an ex-user who had tried to get Cuban to respond to the idea of excusing discrimination against Asians in college admissions, uh, a question that Cuban avoided answering. Musk has also been posting on DEI policies, but unlike the left-wing Cuban, Musk has been decidedly in opposition to the concept. In one post, for instance, Musk wrote, DEI is just another word for racism. Shame on anyone who uses it. In another post, Musk called DEI immoral and illegal. DEI, because it discriminates on the basis of race, gender, and many other factors, is not merely immoral. It is also illegal, Musk said. So, uh, yeah, you dusting up a little bit with the governor there and, uh, and Mark Cuban, good old basketball guy. He's leaving the um, chalk tank as well, right? It seems like he's got a lot of shift going on there, but... I think my favorite Elon Musk tweet to him was, when were we going to see a small-sized Asian on the Mavericks? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like, yeah, they're like, this is basketball team? Uh, is that is that all-inclusive? Of course not. You know, yeah. They go for the best players. This is what they do. You know, Come on, we know that. Anytime, you know, I mean, we, we just, I think we take for granted this is, looking back on his whole purchase of Twitter and now turning it to X and how important that will, in the, in the, in the annals of history, how important that will look back and be at this time especially with things like the Epstein stuff dropping. I mean, you'd get nothing if it was still the old regime. And anytime he re- – he's done a lot of retweeting on, on the border Yeah, in the last couple of days, yeah. a lot. And, I mean, anytime he retweets anything, 
you know, tens of millions of people see it. So you can't uh, underestimate how important it is when he gets, you know, to support something like uh, what's going on at the border and he continues to hammer it and retweet it and retweet it and retweet it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a absolutely. big deal. So, but he, uh, yeah, Cubans just just uh, oh, he's uh, really become. Who knows what he the gets worse by the year. He really does. <laughs> really, yeah. Terrible. All right, it's so like very good. We'll do some more sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Use our code LFS6B if you shop there, and if you do, shirt of the month, absolutely free. Uh, you know the deal. Send in the receipts. Uh, we'll do some news when we get back with Delgado, and we'll prep and get ready for President Donald Trump in Iowa tonight. Speech number two coming up. to the hour live from Studio 6B on a Friday night getting ready for President Trump. I think we're getting close as well. President in Iowa, speech number two. Uh, coming up right here live on Real America's Voice. We'll take you from the beginning all the way through every word of the president's speech. and We'll be here to react afterwards. Uh, but right now, while we wait for the president, we'll keep an eye on the stage. We've got some music playing right now. And when we see the president, we'll go right to it. But let's do some news in the meantime with Rick Delgado. What's going on? Well, let's see. I mean, President Trump is coming out. I didn't catch the first speech, so I don't know if he mentioned the story. But he is living in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. And it's kind of close to Miami from what I understand, right? <laughs> I can tell you he did not mention this. He didn't mention it. So no, he, he might not. mention it in this Only speech. Only you would mention this. He might mention it in this speech. Cue up the uh, Slick Rick machine. Aliens in Miami? <laughs> Eerie footage <laughs> is, is being shown of a 10-foot oh, al- tall alien-type creature floating above Miami cops as they respond to the New Year's Day shooting as officers reveal what the camera really picked up. Come on. Come on. Where's the clip? <laughs> we don't have the clip, unfortunately. Oh, well, but there is a oh, there is, shocker. There is insane clip. footage of a humongous <laughs> Miami police response to an incident. Uh, eerie footage that was captured because of that uh, response to an incident on New Year's Day appeared to show an alien-type creature floating around. It is widely shared by conspiracy theorists on social media who claim a 10-foot-tall silhouette walking near cop cars was from another planet. One one user claimed it was a glowing figure that was walking through smoke during the chaotic scene. It came after about 50 teenagers started a riot outside the Bayside Marketplace. And, uh, yeah, there you see it. Uh, caused a Wait. panic by setting off loud fireworks. Now, this isn't the first time uh, we've heard about very tall aliens. I don't know if you remember back in the summer. I think it was in June. This story out of Las Vegas, where Las Vegas police had body cam footage and 911 audio of officers responding to a call from a family who claimed a UFO crashed in their yard. According to ABC News, the family called 911 to report something crashed in their yard and saw a non-human-like creature in it. Very tall. Wow. Was that Shaquille O'Neal, maybe? Every time his number, I heard yeah, he, he lives down there, too. In the uh, 911 call, audio released, the caller says he and his father and his brother were in their large backyard working on a truck when something crashed, and they felt the impact. The 911 caller called the report of called for a report of a UFO crash, and aliens in Las Vegas was released by officials there. A family reported creatures anywhere between eight 
and 10 feet tall emerging from the craft. I think that car they were working on was a Saturn, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says here they were quoted as saying, we see in the court out of the corner of our eye something fall down from the sky. It was with lights. It hit down here with a big impact. We felt it like energy. And then we hear a lot of footsteps near us. And there you have it, like big, big equipment. And there it is, eight-foot person standing beside it yeah. and another one mm. inside. And he's got big eyes, and they're looking at us to There's call her. There's some better footage of them. There's some better footage of them at Lululemon in the mall. They were shopping. Uh, <laughs> there they like, are. It's like Michael Jackson thriller uh, movie. There. The caller said, and they're not human. 100, yeah. they're not human. Okay, so there yeah. you have it. Oh, so I don't man. know if there's any tie-in between uh, what's going on in Miami and uh -huh. what's going on in Las yeah. Vegas, but uh, there you have it. Some yeah. uh, strange doings. Um, <laughs> what, are the, what are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strange doings coming out of. Uh, both Miami and now, uh, actually out of Las Vegas and now Miami. Yep. I don't know if you caught these comments uh, talking about uh, <laughs> what? No, just more more footage from Miami. Wow, wow. this is there crazy. You go. crazy. Just more footage from Miami. <laughs> they got TikTok videos wow. and all, huh? <laughs> yeah, so, there, there you go. Uh, even, Slick Rick getting even, ready for leaving work. Leaving the mall. <laughs> yeah. right. what else anyhow what's I don't know. story number two well yeah you know i can't wait i'm on edge of my senior day three of uh you know uh, <laughs> i did not kill myself news continues oh, oh. i don't know if you heard the comments from right. megan kelly mm -hmm. did you hear about this no she said on her show on megan uh, kelly on megan kelly she said mm -hmm. and i quote we're going to hear a lot more about jeffrey epstein in the coming years she said okay you may even be hearing from him directly more on that as I am allowed to tell you, she teased. To Is he at the Miami Mall? No, he's not at the Miami Mall. He wasn't that tall either. Uh, but I mean directly? Well, well, it was like a pre-recorded video that he left for evidence or something. Uh, according to the Citizens Free Press, they're saying here on oh. X, just so we're clear, we fully anticipate this to mean that there are old unearthed interviews oh. or recordings of Epstein. Oh. Do not we do not believe in any way that he's still alive. Others can deal with that stuff. We're just reporting exactly what she said. So there you have it from there. And, and again, more stuff is coming out. Uh, day three, as Jeffrey Epstein was reportedly invoking uh, the fifth at least 42 times, including questions about Bill Clinton. Um, this coming out today uh, during the April 13, 2010 inquiry, he was asked if uh, one of the uh, women was asked if she knew uh, Clinton or Doug Band, who served as Clinton right hand for years after he left the White House. Uh, fifth, she simply stated, uh, have you witnessed improper sexual activity between Jeffrey Epstein and minors in the presence of Bill Clinton? She was asked. Fifth, she once again said. Other names during the question that came out are names we've already heard. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, Glenn Dubin, Jean-Luc Brunel. No no uh, relation to Jean-Luc Pierre or whatever her name is. Uh, Clinton and Dershowitz have repeatedly denied any wrongdoing and knowings of anything dealing with uh, Epstein's sexual crimes. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm. And again, that's uh, it's turning in. You know what? I think this is going to be the gift that gives all year long. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to be so much. I mentioned last night. Remember, um, Epstein was known for, for re recording, videotaping everything on the plane, at his apartment in New York, at his house out in, uh, what was it, New Mexico or Arizona, mm -hmm. and, of course, down on the island. So those tapes, somebody has them, and it ain't him because supposedly he's dead. Um, but somebody has them. I'm sorry. What was the last part? Like supposedly the... he's dead. Oh, yes. You got confirmation? No. That's why I had to put it in quotes. Okay. So do you know. think we're going to be hearing directly from him? I don't know. It, 
I don't know if it's uh, no, not not in uh, not in uh, new stuff. I think I think unearth. I, I agree with Megyn Kelly. I think we're going to find out some more stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of these tapes are going to start to make their way out into the uh, into the uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. Just recordings of Elvis singing in McDonald's yesterday. I heard about that one too, right? No. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. What else is going on in the news? Anything else? Uh, let's see. According to this from Just the News, that's uh, John Solomon's uh, website here. Um, uh, where'd it go? Wayne Lapierre. Remember him? Yeah, from the NRA. Yeah, President. NRA. He, he's decided he's gonna he's gonna resign as a leader of the NRA. This just breaking this afternoon. He's gonna resign his position at the end of the month, right before the uh, upcoming civil suit that the group is involved with. He said, "With pride in all that we've accomplished, I'm announcing my resignation from the NRA." Uh, Laperriere said in a statement earlier today, according to the Hill, "I've been a card carrying member of this organization most of my adult life, and I will never stop supporting the NRA and the right." And fight to defend the Second Amendment and our freedoms. My passion for our cause burns as deeply as ever. He's uh, 74 years old. He's citing health issues as a reason for the uh, resignation. So uh, happy trails to uh, Wayne Lampierre. It's uh, rolling into the rolling into the. uh, Reti- rolling into retirement. Yeah, rolling like. into the retirement. Riding off into the sunset. That's what I was going to say. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So All right, very good. Uh, we'll do some more news with Rick Delgado. We'll do some more sports if we can with Slick Rick. We're supposed to do the odds makers tonight. I don't yep. know if we're going to be able to get it in because, of course, we're waiting for President Trump at the um, Commit to Caucus event out in Iowa. This is going to be his second event of the day. He um, spoke for a good hour, hour 45 minutes in his first one, so I don't know what to expect in the second one, but uh, he's on his way there. I think he's probably in the building we got a live shot, Aaron, of uh, of the stage. I don't think we're getting uh, – it's a good crowd. You can see the, sh- the wide shot from when we had Kalen on. It was a big crowd, much bigger than I think the first room he was in. The first room he was in looked like about 20 by 20, and they had about 600 people in there, and it was about 400 degrees. Um, so this looks like a much bigger room, and they're ready to go, fired up for the former president to be there. And uh, we will cover every word of it right here top of the hour if he comes on we will break back in and bring it to you live from studio 6b on a friday night From Studio 6B, Hour 2, Real America's Voice on a Friday night. <clears throat> Slick Rick's doing some sports. Rick Delgado's got some news. We're waiting for President Trump in Iowa. Aaron and Fran holding it down. Harry on the highway. Well, he's on the highway tonight, so Corey's sitting in in the studio. Driving the ship with Aaron and Fran. And, of course, all the great people of Real America's Voice on the ground there getting ready for the president. Kaylin Dor- uh, Dorr uh, joined us in Hour 1. And so we're just waiting for the president to take the stage. We'll bring you his speech. Um, we talked a little bit about some other speeches today and Biden's speech today. Biden's speech today was really 
I didn't see it. I mean, it was just it was just maniacal. It was just it just reeked of desperation. Uh, for this to be your first quote unquote reelection speech, the way he goes after Donald Trump personally, and the way he just he goes around January six. I mean, this this is this is a guy who has done nothing for three three years and really his whole career, but specifically the last three years of attacking democracy, doing everything he can to destroy it doing everything he can to destroy the institutions of this country that this country has been founded on, built upon. Just one lie after another, after another. This is a president who sits there as the police state continues to grow under his uh, administration. Um, Joe Biden wants open borders. He wants to flood the country with illegal immigrants. He wants to flood the country with drug traffickers and drugs. They're killing our kids. Uh, He wants to attack every institution, including the Supreme Court including the Electoral College, including separation of powers. And yet we hear from him today that Donald Trump is the threat to democracy. He's, the Joe Biden is so devoted to democracy, he's doing everything possible, as he's telling you this out of one side of his mouth, he's trying to imprison, and his administration and his Department of Justice is trying to imprison the, his leading opponent. He's, he's actively trying to criminalize the, the total MAGA movement, trying to censor every single person, if not go after every single person who's a Trump supporter. But don't worry, he is the one who's here to save democracy. And again, a president who is barely polling in double digits at this point, in the low 20s, if not wherever he's at. And this is what he's going to try to make this election about. Yeah. This is their they, they they showed their cards today in this speech. There's no other way to describe some of it. Um and just he it was he he didn't even deliver it well, by the way. I I I mean it's not <laughs> when like, does he ever it was so awkward <laughs> in some of the moments where he tries to fake anger and he oh, fakes yeah. like he's like I mean it's just not a word on border security, not a word about inflation, not a word on the economy, not a word on foreign policy, not a word about domestic policy, not a word of any value to you, the American voter, and to your people, nothing that's important to you, nothing important to your to your, to your spouse, nothing that's important to your kids, nothing important, nothing, not anything about it. Just that Donald Trump is a th- threat to democracy. He said at one point, quote, political violence is never acceptable. His <laughs> vice president helped bail out BLM riders in the summer of 2020. But political violence and the support of it is never acceptable, according to Joe Biden. Well, today. according to Joe Biden, if it's not acceptable, even though he said he would uh, take President Trump behind the uh, behind the shed there. Right. Remember that. Remember that bit of violence that he threw around, he, you know, big, tough guy. Uh, it, it, it's his insecurity, really. When you stop and think about it, this is a guy who is so insecure because he knows he's not a very good person. He doesn't offer a lot. He's a plagiarist. It has been proven time and again. He's a liar time and again. Um, he cheated on his wife before she died. He, he's, he's raped a woman, according to uh, according to uh, I forget her name. Um, oh, I forget her name. Um but, but this guy is just not a good person. He's basically a scumbag, and he leads a family of scumbags around Washington as they go out there, collect checks, sell you, sell the country, sell everything they can because that's all they have to offer. 
again, and and I feel like uh, uh, what was I watching? I think it was uh, I think it was Eric Trump last night when he says, you know, I always bring this up. What do the Bidens make? What do they sell? What do they? Why do they need all these companies? How do they make all this money? Because they don't have anything. They're using this old fossilized, pickled, uh, you know, uh, uh, zombie that that Obama pretty much controls from behind, and uh, they're just selling it all out. Then they're selling us out. They're selling out the country out. And you know, you say he hasn't done much. He's done a lot. He's done a lot to destroy this country, and, and you know it, it's it's rich to hear him say he's defending democracy. We live in a de- democratic republic. His version of democracy is they're in charge and screw everybody else. That's 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 Joe Biden. That's the liberal Democrats too, because that's across the board with all of them. And you know, you talk about the police state. The police state started under George Bush. They worked that in with the Patriot Act. Obama cranked it up, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Trump wasn't able to do anything about it. And, and now, now, of course, the Republicans just signed on to, uh, hey, let's uh, let's just keep this mo- moving right along. Um, you know, when you talk about we need a third party, we already have three parties. We should have four, but unfortunately, we have three, and two of them are working to screw us over. That's the Republicans and the Democrats, because the, de- the Democrats and the liberals they kind of fall into one party. Then you got the Republicans, and then you got the third party, which is the conservatives, who actually you know want what's best for the country yep. and want less government and more freedom. So, yeah. anyhow, that's my that's my time. It was um, <clears throat> it was uh, quite the speech. So, all right, let's go out to Iowa. I believe if we get a live shot of the stage, we are Donald expecting President Trump. Jay Trump, and there he is. Perfect timing. All right, President Trump, second time today in Iowa, casting his vision for 2024 and beyond on a really striking day of speeches, if you think about what we heard from Joe Biden today, uh, with clearly no vision, uh, no vision for the country, obviously, other than continued destruction that we've seen from him for three years, and President Trump today, now twice in Iowa. For the most part, the same, pretty much the same speech hits the same tones, but sets a sets a vision of what he wants to do. And uh, you know, we've talked about before. Uh, when you have a guy like Biden, the the simple message to people of uh, "Is your life better now than it was four years ago?" is pretty easy for people to understand. The border is pretty simple for people to understand. Um, and and I, really, the, the, the difference in speeches, what we saw today from Biden, this maniacally desperate, uh, dark um, speech from Biden, and then to see the president twice today laying out his vision for not only 24, but hitting on the important issues. Day one, then he says, I'll sign a new executive order to cut off all federal funding for any schools pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity inappropriate racial sexual political content unto our children so i mean you heard nothing about a single issue today from biden other than just lie after lie after lie after lie uh let's go back out to iowa where the president just finished his speech and kaylin Dorr is going to join us he joined us before the speech now he joins us after kaylin welcome back to the show and uh the president i just said you know the the distinction between the two leading candidates here at least if you believe biden will be the candidate what we heard from him today and what we heard from the president just now laying out a vision for 24 and beyond is is really the a striking difference what 
What about the speech tonight struck you? What seemed? What did the audience seem to relate to the most? You got, you know, a lot of cheers for, uh, uh, well, it was just a, a lot of different things. What, what, do, what do you think rang true with them? So the first thing I noticed was that uh, I cannot imagine a world where Joe Biden gives two speeches in one day uh, the way that Trump did today. I was laughing to myself over here in the corner uh, thinking about Joe trying to get a sentence out after being on the road for a day. So that's one thing. Uh, the other things are he's really appealing to well, a sense of security. I think a lot of Americans don't feel secure, whether it's via their borders, whether it's uh, violence in their neighborhoods. I mean, you look at the nation's capital and it's falling apart, but then also financial security. A lot of people don't feel like they have what they need to go out and live their version of the American dream. And the American dream is something that, you know, gun to my head, I don't know what that looks like under Joe Biden. And I think that's going to be very critical as we approach the next year, uh, talking about reviving that as it lies dead in the gutter under Joe Biden's leadership. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear, uh, you know, you guys just take uh, anything interesting uh, stick out to you guys at all? Well, I think I think the point you just make is right, because I think we've been talking about, you know, we sometimes we can overcomplicate these things. And there's a lot. Obviously, there is a lot of complication with this and what's what they're trying to do to the president. But going back to a simple Reagan message of um, is your life better now than it was four years ago? I don't know that it takes more than that for the president to, to, to continue to pitch that to people. I think even people who voted for this guy are like this guy. I mean. Just, just to your point, he, he gave a 32-minute speech today, Biden did. He's been on vacation for like the 400th time. He returned back to the White House tonight in the video of when he landed. He walked off the helicopter, and he, he I mean, he could have been at Disney World. He didn't know which way to walk to get to where. He just was turning around and turning around and looking. I mean, it was, I mean, so the, the idea of this guy giving a speech, I mean, it's just... But I'm not, I think you're right. I think the president continues to go out there and, you know, I, I think I said about six months ago, if you just talk about your life and is your life better than this and then taking on the deep state, I don't see how you can be beat. And I, and I think what we said before is still true. Biden and them are planning on the fact that this guy's so toxic. And he, President Trump talks about, oh, we want to run against Trump. We want to go. No, they don't. They don't want to run against Trump. That's the last person they want to run against. Because they, if they think those numbers are going to be there and the toxicity of, uh, you know, uh, white mothers in the, in the suburbs aren't going to vote for him. Well, I don't think they're going to vote for 9.2% inflation, crime-ridden uh, streets, crime-ridden cities, uh, spending $400 at the grocery store looking at it and having two bags worth of stuff. I don't think they're going to vote for that either. So uh, I think you're right on most of that. No, and, and you got to take a look. They've, they've completely and totally exposed themselves as well. You look at, you know, what we're seeing in regards to the uh, Israel conflict at the moment where all these children are out there protesting in the name of Hamas. All these things are a result of us ceding control of our educational institutions and things like that to the left for so long. We've lost Hollywood. We've lost big tech and social media. And I think they've gone way ahead of their skis. Normal people. People who aren't following it, like you and I, are disgusted. They're turned off completely by everything that the left, uh, leftist agenda has to offer, and it does nothing for them. There's nothing tangible in their hands, in their pockets, in their wallets that they can point to, and that, at the end of the day, is going to be the death knell for the Biden campaign.
Yeah, great stuff. Uh, Kalen Dorr out there in Iowa following President Trump. Thanks, buddy, for a great night. Great stuff, great coverage. Thanks, uh, and uh, have safe travels. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good night. All right, there you go. Kalen Dorr out there following the president. A great night, two speeches. Busy night. We're just getting cranked it. We're just getting it cranked up here. We're going to be bringing to the, these to you as many nights as we have speakers for President Trump as we roll on, obviously, 10, 11 days away from Iowa, then to New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. I'm eventually making our way to Super Tuesday. It is a busy 2024. Should be a fun one as well. I want to thank everybody at Real America's Voice, everybody on the ground. Uh, everybody here at the studio, the guys as well. Most of all, we thank you to live from Studio 6B audience. We're going to return you to your regular programming now. But enjoy the weekend, everybody, and we will see you back here Monday night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B.